everybody, I'm Chad Eckert, and that's Eric Martins. That's Josh Bennett. That's Tony. What up, Tony? Cheers. We're the golf guys. We're live on Thursdays on YouTube. Mm. Cracking beers, chilling, talking whatever we want to talk about. We have no sponsorship. Well, we kind of have a sponsor. The Thrive guys, Thrive people. Have you ever done a Thrive thing, Tony? Negative. No, well, if you did want to do that, you could sign up with the code FGP. I know uh, there's a lot of those kind of sites out there. The like uh, parlay of different things. Josh, have you, you've done those. You've tried those. Do you like those? I did. uh, I was doing Thrive for a while, like right when they started. And the Thrive dude like just spammed everybody's uh, Twitter inbox for a while. And that was when they only had... Football, NBA. I believe they oh. start. Oh no, wait, is it NBA? I think it was football, maybe whatever. They started with one sport, I did it then, it was kind of fun, and then I got bored. Well, if you want to try it out, it's FGP, but that's the it's fun with uh golf player process, uh, yeah. Okay, well, I don't know, there's no strategy to me, I just feel like Very I can't cool. keep track of that stuff. But Darbo does a uh prize picks video each week, we don't have Darbo tonight. Uh, he's unavailable, so we're not with him. We're not with Cecil. We still don't know where Cecil is. Is it mil- milk carton picture time yet for old we're Cecil? Like, close, I think. It's, God, it's been like a few weeks. I feel like he hates us now. He just said, I'm, I'm I am pretty certain he got ran over by a golf course lawnmower. Or, yeah, he's I'm going in with the him. hospital. He got in a coma or something. Yeah, he just lost both of his legs and he can't golf anymore. So now he's because I thought Cecil was a golf guy, but now all of a sudden he just went dark. So our friend Cecil, uh, we haven't heard from him in days. It's crazy. Uh, but tonight, anything goes. Like I said, this is the open bar. So Tony's here. We're going to talk some strategy. Our friend Pat Mayo, he released a strategy podcast uh, with Raza, Ben Raza, and Tyler Tambellini, uh, Tam Toe Tag and Tambo. Those guys are good content makers they're good DraftKings mm-hmm. players i liked it i i listened i consumed i know tony did you end up consuming on your walk with your little dog i did i did yeah. it was a it was a good listen Lots what of kind of dog do you have i have a chihuahua mm. do you like it i love it yeah, yeah. I, i'm thinking about getting a little a little whippersnapper the next dog i get i got a bigger dog uh, Josh Josh has a couple whippersnappers and a big dog. I got a big dog and two little dogs. <laughs> Martin's his dog. I got, wait, I got a question. Uh-huh. To- Tony, you're from Newfoundland. <laughs> Did the dog yes. named Newfoundland come from Newfoundland? Or is that just Correct. a coincidence? That is that is a fact. That's a cool. Newfoundland dog? Yes, sir. Okay. Those are big uh, fucking dogs, too, by the way. They're big animals, man. Beautiful dogs, though. Like, great oh, yeah. dogs. Very oh, gentle. Yeah. Yeah. Quagnus, question for you. Did you consume that mayo content? No, but when I was reading your review, I was like, wow, I I always used to like listening to those guys talk about how I might be able to like be better yeah. as a yeah. predictor of athletic performance. It's great content. It's good uh, clickbait to do those strategy podcasts every once in a while. You kind of have to do them every so often because if somebody's on YouTube and they scroll through and they see that it was from a few years ago, they wonder if that's even relevant content, which it usually isn't because this stuff changes. And Martin's, as you know, we're, we've done these in the past and yeah. our strategies and our the way we play, our principles, they change 
drastically from season to season and then even within the season. Um, we should maybe have brought someone more important on. We did bring Tony on, I guess. Oh, Tony's not important? Right? Well, I'll do for now. I understand. I no, no, no. Explain, explain uh, who you are and why you're in part of this conversation. Uh, I guess I've been friends with you guys for uh, a few months now. We've been chatting back and forth through Discord and other Twitter and stuff. I've been betting on golf for five, six years now. Okay. I've been playing DFS for as long as DFS has been a thing. Sure. So I've been playing. I started playing three maxes, single entries, worked my way up, played 20 maxes. Now I live in the mini max. I love the, I love jamming in 150 lineups just to have a, a sweat every week, hopefully. Nice. But I also like, yeah, I, I prefer right now I'm super into the, the prop market and sports betting. I think there's lots of opportunities to be had in head to head matchups and things like that as well. Okay. So you can help us talk about what is strategy for potentially i mean we're low stakes players but it's all the same it's all kind it of is. roulette-ish would you how uh, how would you summarize pga dfs well i think you've summarized it for quite a while as is a six-man parlay you know if we want to like relate it back to like betting mm-hmm. it that's basically what it is you know if you're making one lineup which I've been leaning towards recently, but I'd love to have some legal gambling in the state that I live in. Huh. Like maybe like have like a sweat on like uh, what you were just talking about there, Tony, about, about having like a head to head, like yeah, on one round. round, like that could, that sounds like a fun sweat. Whereas, mm-hmm. you know, at the format, the, the four day sweat on DraftKings is fun. If you get, you know, your team mm-hmm. through, and you're doing the 150 where I'm down to like one lineup right now. I'm just, that's where my head's at at this point, but like, God, yeah. Yeah. Josh knows. It's just laughing. <laughs> but like that could be fun to like, Oh, Hey, maybe I'll just put 50 bucks on uh speed versus Scheffler. And that would have been yeah. pretty good. And then like, what, what do I win? 20 bucks. They would have lost Depends on the price, right? Yeah. Well, no, we're, this is DFS show, Martin, so you're not doing that, and you've never done that in your life. You've never bet on anything. Have you I've even bet on an outright in your life? I've never had an outright in my life. Yeah, so fuck off. You're not even a better, so don't pretend you are. <laughs> you, you're just a bad DFS player, so we already know right. that, and you can summarize it like I do, and what Josh says is that nothing matters. Right, Josh? That's right. Nothing. Literally. I mean, really, it's hard to. <laughs> I mean, everything matters. So then, nothing matters. Everything or, matters. Like, there's, I don't understand. There's more. There's so much that matters that you there you will never be able to figure it out. So that just nothing matters. Okay. There's so much that it's nothing. Okay, so then stats do they help predict? We can get into all of this as we go on. We're we're doing a strategy podcast today. We all listened. Well, I listened to Josh did not. Eric did not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I did, the yeah. Mayo podcast where he was with his these guys that are sharks technically uh the best part about pga dfs is that it isn't a sport that you should get into to essentially make money you're not playing pga dfs to get a college tuition for your kids or something uh that is not the sport or maybe dfs isn't even the 
avenue to do that ultimately. But the best part about PGA is that it's variant and it isn't really predictable so that the Sharks can't pin it down. The Sharks and the Sharps were on Brian Harmon today and he's awful. So that's the best part is that we can all decide to try a lineup out and it has a really good chance. I mean, as opposed to just entering an NFL week or an NBA week and or a night and not knowing what the hell you're doing and you have no chance where in golf you might actually get lucky. So, uh, but we've called it roulette Martins. We've said it's like roulette. Our friends on Twitter have called it Kino or other, uh, games of luck. Is it actually <laughs> roulette though? Quagnus? No, I, Yes. Yes and no. Come on, man. Don't. Why do you put pose a question to me? That's a yes or no question. First of all, stupid, <laughs> terrible, bad interviewer, bad interviewer, Chad, saying is it, is it actually a roulette? Yes or no? Well, of course it is. We've been saying this forever. But think about the things I was doing. The dice strategy for a little bit. You have your, you know, you have your narrative twenty lineups. Nothing. Nothing's help. Nothing's helping us. The I love moose. I love mooseonomics. I love the goddamn moose site, but the site <laughs> site fantasy national. Tony, Tony, have you do you do you take offense to people calling it roulette? Because I think there are some in the industry that I really truly I don't. Um, Martins, when we first called it roulette, there were people that took offense to that, and they were like, "Go it's... fuck off." And now it's there. People are coming around because it really isn't. It's, it's not like PG or it's not like NFL. It's a little bit harder to predict, right, Tony? Or are we off? Should we not That's, call it roulette? Is that insulting? <laughs> it's not roulette. I wouldn't think like PGA certainly has more variance than mm -hmm. NFL or NBA. Like those sports, when you can get your projections down tight, like your projections are much closer than they will be in in a PGA event. Like look at Brian Harmon today was your example. Like. I'm sure every projection system had him through the roof. That's why he was so popular. Mm -hmm. And then he was what three over, four over today, like seven over. It doesn't matter. Like that's a massive difference. However, like yeah. it's more about game. I, I think PGA DFS is more about game theory than anything. Okay. Okay. So we can get into that first in a minute. But okay, we know though that you can find edges. There's ways to give yourself an advantage in the PGA streets. So like, uh, how do you do it? Well, I mean we can talk about ways to be better when you're watching golf. So you just watch golf. And then you kind of know a little bit more by doing that. Cause there's people out there that don't even watch golf that just look at spreadsheets. There are always from the basics goals. What are your goals, right? That's, that's step one, Eric, we've said this. Cause are you trying to win a million dollars? Are you trying to just have fun? Like what are your goals? Martin's, what are your goals? Well, my goals for a while, and they've, you know, uh, changed over the course of time. Going back to 2016, 17, when we started interacting about this. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, you know, you have you have ideas of like, oh, I'm going to win a lot of money doing this because I, I watch all the golf and then I'm looking at stats. I'm a statistician all of a sudden. Jesus yes. Christ. I'm making models. Yeah, I'm making models on Fantasy National, which are really fun to look at and they give you confidence. But in the end of at the end of the day, for me right now, my goal is to not lose money anymore. Just breaking. I'm done, I'm done losing. I'm done trying to lose money. 
Well, so then are you playing double ups? Uh, no, I'm. I'm. That's a scam too. That's fucked. <laughs> you just you just deleted the app, is what you did. Yeah, DraftKings.com oh, is no longer. Right. You stopped the browser. <laughs> I no. I I'm in. I'm in my our league, mm-hmm. which is a fun league to do, and I I'm terrible at that mm-hmm. now as well because I don't know anything. I don't know anything. Literally. But you like yeah, you used to. Okay, so what about uh, Josh? Yeah, what what about? I used to. I didn't used to know shit. I same thing as um, you just you're you're trying to get lucky. Here at this point, I think. Okay, what, so you have an advantage. What is your advantage, Chad? Me? I don't have an advantage. I'm asking you. Okay, if I'm brand new to PGA DFS, what do you what do you do? We started in the quarter arcade. You can even start in the ten cents thing. Like you have to go out there and you have to try stuff. Now, listening to that podcast with Mayo, Tambo, and Raza, I I listened to them. They said go into those streets because they're not even allowed in those streets. The Sharks can't enter the quarter arcades, even probably the short game. I think you can go out there. And Tambo t- talked about dividing up your 20 lineup lineups into four different strategies, which I think is a good idea. Tony, think, so like you do like five course history lineups, mm-hmm. five recent form lineups five ball striker lineups and five approach guy lineups or something like where you've tracked this and you do this over a course of time and then you end up learning more by trying that way is that is that a decent strategy to practice that's actually a great way to start because you're much less likely to say lose your entire buy-in so if you Mm -hmm. play the say one dollar 20 max or the 25 cent 20 max and you play a strategy like that more than likely you're going to have at least two or three lineups there that are going to be at, you know, five out of six and you're going to, you know, cash decently and, and do all right. Personally, I like to attack those tournaments a little more aggressively and play a much, we'll say tighter mm. core, but I'm mm. kind of calm. I go into it knowing that I'm most likely going to lose my, all of the binds, but the, the weeks that I'm right, I might have seven, eight teams with different combinations of guys that can give you a shot to get to the actual top, which in these tournaments are so top heavy that you're really you're shooting for first. I mean, if you're trying to just cash, you're spinning your wheels, you're wasting your time. Yeah. You're just paying the rake over time. You really are. You got to get to the top. You got to put yourself in a position to actually get there. I know that's that's basically what they said a lot in that podcast over and over that you have to be a ready to lose. Um Josh, if you have $20 mm-hmm. in a week, how are you allocating your $20 a week on DraftKings? Are you using single entries? Are you going with like a three max kind of thing? Are you are going twenty dollars? Are you asking me as how I would want to play it, or how people should probably play it? Both, I guess. How would you? Well, how would you how suggest? Would it is, well, okay, I'll do it both ways. Then, since you said it, how I would do it is I would just put twenty in the in the twenty max one dollar the short game because that's okay. most fun for me, and I play for fun, and I'm just trying to hit the top dollar i don't cash every week don't care i like whatever that top prize is 25k 50k 250k 1 million that's the number i'm shooting for i'm not shooting for putting a dollar in and getting two dollars back i don't give a Mm -hmm. fuck so that's how i would do it if you're if you are legitimately trying to do this for like i'm gonna put my 20 dollars in and if i get 40 back that's like the best thing that could happen to me for the week. Then, sure. then yeah, you should look at double ups because those are 
obviously it's a 50 50 shot especially if you have the stats information the history information that can get your knowledge level up to where all the other people's knowledge level is mm-hmm. fine or yeah you can go into the three maxes i wouldn't go any farther than three maxes though then you're then you're now you're competing with people that are just dumping lineups in just to get lucky and a lot of times they do so right it, it, what about it, you? It just depends Quagnus. how you want to how you want to play it. To be honest, would you do single entry Quagnus? I think I want to go back to the and I have I've moved towards the one dollar five dollar single entry. It's just where I'm at. I think that that's also an important thing. And everybody's got to have their like, what are they personally comfortable with? What do they think they're doing? Like I, I was spraying in the 20 maxes, you know, and I, I wasn't having a good feel for it, but I was doing it anyways, because that's what we've always done for years. I, and I've enjoyed it, but now I'm kind of like, I don't know. It's, it is fun to have one lineup mm-hmm. and yeah, each week can get fucked pretty quickly, <laughs> you know, by two or three, two, three guys. And then, you know, your week's over, but like, I like the PGA tour. I like to follow the PGA tour. I'm not like beholden by my like, financial obligation on DraftKings, so So, yeah low stakes life yeah exactly it's low stakes life so you know like i had no justin thomas last week but that was cool to see him like win the pg you know bj championship you know it was great yeah no jt or zaltoris and it was the most exciting thing i was cheering yeah yeah exactly uh because i I don't like 90 bucks on it or like less you know you have less money on it but uh Tony, is that what you're doing? Are you going low stakes life because it makes it easier to play more times or because your wife is telling you to do that? Because I think. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's just, you know, you don't have to go crazy. You can still have a lot of fun for, you know, the mini max on DraftKings cost you 75. What's the mini max all about? Tell us about the mini max. 50 cents, 150 max entry. So how do you do 150 lineups? Do you have a generator somewhere? Yeah, you'll need an optimizer if you're building that by hand, you're you're spinning your wheels. But I mean, everybody in there, I guess, has an optimizer. In my opinion, nowadays, there's very few people that are going into PGA DFS, especially especially this time of year, not a major, without mm-hmm. some form of a model or projections. or like There's not very many people, and they're just clicking on their favorite guys anymore. So you have to find your edge within your edge. So learning how to use an optimizer is a skill in itself, aside from trying to just pick golfers. Okay. Just getting different from everyone using the same tools. So when you're doing 150 lineups, we can talk about your player pool and all that stuff, but let's talk about what matters going into it. The course and knowing what the course will present the golfers. That's important. Of course. Does, is, uh, and then statistics. Can we talk? Should we talk? Well, we know, you know, so we know we've talked, we could do a whole pod about stats and how, <laughs> stats, but like, well, that's always like the good will. place to start, right? Like, I'm like you guys. I start at like Fantasy National or, or G or whatever. You blow up your model. You, you build your model. You see who mm-hmm. pops. And or just you're making your own. I see that every week. And you see who pops and see who you like. And then as the week progresses, you're starting to build up your player pool out of combination of, for me, I like to try to, I'm more contrarian, I think, in general in PGA. Just, I don't, the group think is, you know, if a guy's getting 25, 30%, how often is that guy really going to be in the top six? You know what I mean? Like what percentage of the time is he in the top six that's going to be in your optimal lineup that wins this thing, right? Most likely considerably less than 25 or 30%. And that's kind of what you want to think about when you're building your teams, especially in, in a smaller, in single entries, three maxes, things like that. 
That's a super important thing. Okay. Uh, Josh, do you, we've talked about this before. What do you put into your brain? And then besides your own like model, like, I guess you talk about your model, but also what's, what else is going into your, your like mind and then down to the clicking? Um, so the, the course, like you said, I, I like to think about the course that it's also built into my model for the most part. So that's like required for me. Um, I think just looking at how people perform at a course, of course, history is somewhere to start as well. Uh, that's, it's not a guarantee. So like Jordan Spieth, great example this week, he won this tournament. He has three second places to like two other top tens since 2013. So even even if he's in dog shit form or maybe even if he's injured, he's probably still worth a play, depending what, you know, as long as he's not going to be owned 50%, he's probably still worth it. But you also have to be careful there, too. You can look at, like, a, a fucking Luke Donald, for example, who has really good course history at, like, three or four courses they play every year. But he's, like, 90, and he's not good at golf anymore. So... It, course history you can pretty much throw out the window another thing to think about there is people will talk about course history and say this dude won it two years ago well cool but golf can be random so he could have just luck box a really good putting week that week and he might actually suck at the course so you gotta you gotta look at a uh, sample size that's more than a year or two years so course history you got to be careful with stats even you have to be careful with too if you're looking at one week of stats or two rounds of stats golf's random and golf's hard somebody could have just had a bad day or a bad weekend somebody could have had the sniffles and just not been feeling their golf game so you got to look at a at a longer sample size for stats you gotta so there's all these things that history stats whatever you want to look at you have to do that but then you also have to think a little bit deeper about what actually those things are telling you and are they legit <laughs> because mm -hmm. sometimes they might not be or you know, like Bryson, for example, he at the PGA hits my model in the top 25 stats from 2021, but whatever. Um, and then you should look at his name and be like, okay, he's there, but he's been hurt forever. He hasn't played. He's probably out of shape. So, <laughs> He's there, but like, let's think a little, a little bit deeper and be like, okay, never mind, that's not right. So, you need you need to do more than just course history, play, stats, play. You got to dig a little deeper into why things are the way they are. So, okay, so then that would, context is extremely important. Yeah, that's what yeah, that's, 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 you're, that's, you're never getting a big sample size in PGA. That's kind of the problem. With yeah, it. I just okay. I just went on a rant for like two minutes to. <laughs> what you said in two words you're only getting i mean some of these guys have played what you know 20 rounds even at a golf course that's a small sample and that's five years right right eric right. what about you uh what is the most reliable statistic that you use is there a reliable stat or something that you're like that's my baseline dude i honestly i would say that <clears throat> But like the last like 12 rounds, if you put it into fantasy natural within the last month, because if you can get the last 12 rounds, which is, you know, if they made the cut, that's four or three, uh, excuse me, that's three, you know, three events. 
but it's not like dating back to like six months ago too. Sure. Like, I love that stat. I really love that stat. We're getting the recent, recent. What stat like, though? Like strokes gain total. Yeah, I, I always do strokes gain total. I, I've never been a, a target. I let you guys all decide what the like actual strokes gains are. I just look. I like to see the strokes gain total, and that might be a a bad mindset. But you know, Josh's model is something I consult as well, and, and I think that has a, there's a little more nuance going on there. But but yeah, I I, I I've just been doing a strokes gain total. I just want to see like who's playing good, who's playing good. Okay. Well, because the you, typical answer is like strokes gained approach. I mean, that's the one that people would I know. say. I know that. that. Would be like I've the known most that for years. Yeah. But then you could also use that against the players who play DraftKings players who think that that's the best stat and then will ride someone too far or rely on that from months ago. No, you know. So, yeah, like what Josh said, you got to kind of have it in context and you got to have a little bit of your eye on it because. I always say you got a guy with the candle and the flame and the wax. It's only so much yep. wax burns out. And if you're not sure or you're catching the flame at the end, I mean, that's not fun to get burnt on that. So uh, you do have to pay attention. Um, lineup generators, like you said, to, like do these help? Do you want a lineup optimizer, Tony? Do, what, what, what site would you recommend? I mean, I'm not here to plug anybody, but uh, yeah, right. Well, any optimizer here. you use, uh, it's it's only as good as the input you put into it. Like, uh, you, you're not just it's not it's not the theory that you see on Twitter where the guys mentioned on the pod today, where if you make 150 lineups, just go ahead and print money. It's not that yeah. easy. You don't just okay. load it up, and press optimize, and build 150 lineups. You have to still develop your player pool, cross off guys. Well, I think yeah, that's what Tambo was saying. Is that you use the optimizer in a way that like it will maybe reveal some sort of combination to you, or it'll help you kind of like get a baseline or maybe even on Monday when everybody's looking at it for the first time, then you can be like, Oh, this is what the bias is going to be, or this is where the squares are going to start. And then I got to find a way around it because it is game three, like we talked about. But then before we get into that whole extra start of it, it's like, there's parts of the week that go on like Monday, you may have an idea, but then by Tuesday you hear a press conference or you get a quote or you hear, you know, the media report. Uh, there's a pro-am tip sometimes and you'll get a report from that. Those help to predict stuff, Martins, but they can also mislead. And so then you can use it against DraftKings players. We've done that a lot where Jason Day has told us that he cannot even putt and that his back is the most painful thing ever. And then he'll go on to fucking win the tournament. So, Quagnus, do you use the press conference? Do you use what the golfers say as ways to click names? Well, you used to always, you know, find these clips of, of things being said by these professional golfers. And I, I would see this come from the fantasy golf pod uh twitter, twitter account and i would be like oh my god this is gold and then and then i'd use them and they they'd ruin me yeah so how often <laughs> does like what they say actually go with what they do because most of the time it's the opposite right yeah it has been it's like uh, i am feeling really good about my game terrible i am feeling rusty really good so yeah like, i know yeah, almost 
like an uncanny amount, like 70% to 30% of the time. So you got to be careful. All of that is important to think about. Now, Super Tony, you do mini maxes. Is that something that you've targeted? Like you've done this, like, because you like that third, how much is it for a mini max? 30 bucks, 150 times, 75, 75 bucks, yeah, so 50, then- 50 cents an entry. 50 cents. I think there's one on FanDuel as well. It's maybe a quarter. I don't play on FanDuel. Okay. Okay. Uh, so, because where you enter and how you spend your money is very important. And that can basically dictate whether you're going to be a winning or a losing player on DraftKings. Now, just to reiterate, Tambo and Raza have said that they're not even allowed access to certain contests right. because they're low stakes contests. I have played and I suggest playing in these low stakes contests, f- try and practice things. I'm doing a lot of that with the narratives now where I'm truly learning more than ever confirming that nothing matters, but also that like ball strikers, recent form, there's some nuances like to certain courses, like if a fairway finder is more important than a bomber, like that is important. Like all of that can factor into making your 20 lineups. Um, but the best ways to play DFS, Quagnus, how you found, what is the best way to play? Because you're just a low stakes single entry guy. It doesn't ruin your fun, your actual love of the sport. It's a supplement to your sport, but you're, you're comfortable with, Losing 10, 15, 30 bucks a week. You don't care about it. Is that your comfort level? That's where you're playing. That was my comfort level. I've, I've kind of, I've, I've dialed it back even more. So, no, just because I was tired. Well, of people it. used to tell us, like, you watch so much golf. You should be good at playing DraftKings, right? <laughs> Who said that? They you used did. to tell us, like, why do you they... only pay for, play for $5? You you were like obsessed with golf. You could be like, you should be printing. Remember that? And you put so much time into it. Yeah, you, you like it's like we both know that it's like the more money you spend on it, the the, the more you don't want to watch it if it's going poorly. Like that's the truth, right? To a certain degree, yes, it is, and and that's what's. Because you get mad and you quit. You, yeah. Because if you're playing for high stakes and you're playing a lot of money and you're thinking that you can predict athlete performance, especially in golf, and you go out and do this a bunch of times in a row, you're ending up depositing over and over again or you're ending up believing that you need that one week or whatever and that like these bad weeks, I got all one week and I'll make up for it. It's it's taxing on your psyche, and then it's also it's it's hindering your passion for the sport of golf, and that you do love to watch it. You do love to like. We all want to be able to say we can predict it, and that's why we put out the cards every week, and we put out the names, and we want to like say, "Oh yeah, the house is on this," and look at me. Like we have no fucking idea what we're talking about. No <laughs> one has an idea what we're talking about. So, like, the truth is, is if you play for low, you, there's a that you have to find that balance. You have to find that special area of how much is it going to be so that I do care, but I don't care, and that I am not having the FOMO of missing out on the top prize of the Millie Maker or whatever. You're finding your happy medium. Like for us, Eric, we did Cash a Comma forever. We were just searching for that one thousand dollar payout for top prize or maybe it's fifteen hundred dollars for first and a thousand for second so we'd enter those contests that would facilitate us if we 
if the dream was lived that weekend, then it would be for cashing a comma and getting a thousand bucks back. And then truly that's like more like going for that playing for 20 bucks, 20 lineups, 21, 21, 21, like as much shit as I got for doing that. And I've switched away from doing that. Like that is actually a really good way to play because you're not going out of your way and acting like, you're a genius. You're not spending a ton of money, but you are putting a little bit of time and research and effort into it so that you can sometimes win five, $700 if, you, if everything goes right off of 20. And Josh, I think, uh, I think I think the willingness to be uh, flexible with not only mm-hmm. your routine, but also like whatever week it might be like, okay, this is the Charles Schwab. What's your feel with the Charles Schwab? Do you not know what you if you don't think that you know what the fuck's going on with the Charles Schwab, it's okay to like maybe just make one lineup and call it a day. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, if you felt good about the Masters, which I did and I lost, but see, here's it, Martin's Tambo would tell I think, I think, I think, uh, no, the, let me just finish real quick. But he would say the opposite you're supposed to go hard at weeks that no one's doing things, and you're supposed to scale back at the Masters yeah. where the masses are in it and it's fucking chalk and it's fucking uh, soft pricing and all that stuff. I'm not so saying, I'm not saying that. I'm, I'm saying, how do you feel about the week? Oh, okay, okay, dictate how much exposure you want to put forth financially. And so if like you have like a, like a feel, you know, and it's just Mm -hmm. a feel, that's all we have at this point when it comes to predicting athletic performance, when it comes to golf, especially which is such a high variant sport, you know, but like, or I don't know the guy, the the guy that the friend of mine that told me this, he was like, yeah, if I don't like the slate, he was a a, a NFL guy. Mm. If he didn't like the slate, he wouldn't, put any money down huh. but if he yeah. liked the slate on a different week he would you know attack it hard you know because okay. like you know you know if you guys do nfl the slates are sometimes you feel it yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly it's so so, okay. so I, thought, I always thought that was a pretty sage point what about the evaluating a contest josh uh roto grinders has an uh extension so if you're a roto grinders subscriber you're allowed an extension it used to be free so i i'm aware of like how you can evaluate a contest and the percentage of payout and all that stuff. Entry fee is of course important. Like if the more you pay in, but I think you have to focus on the number of entries people, like the number of people that are in it. We have to find those niche contests. We've talked about this for a while, Martins. We're not doing that enough where you find that those weird ones that aren't as popular. They're not the mainstream payout ones. The ones that kind of maybe like triple ups or like, just random shit. Uh, do you do this, Josh, when you're going out there? Or are you just like, oh, it's the 20 entry, $1 short game. Like, I'm not going to go out of my way. Because I know you're not the, the, like, grinder type. But at the same time, are you aware of, like, the top prize? Because we've known about structure. That's sometimes mm-hmm. you've seen these structures and you're just like, it makes you want to vomit. But do you still enter these contests anyway? <laughs> I do, yeah. And that's that goes back to what I, the last question you asked me, it's, and that you, we've already talked about. You got to decide what, what it is you want to do, and what I want to do. What here's what I do: I just filter the contest for the top prize. So this week there was one. There was like a tw- there's a twenty dollar, a twenty dollar entry top prize of like two hundred fifty k. That's good enough for me. Twenty bucks is going in there. I always play the the short game for some contest. I'll dump. I'll dump. Uh, 
I'll dump into the 20, 20 max $3, whatever one that's called. But that's how I play is I'm just looking for the top money. So, I, and, and if I lose it, I don't care. And if I win it, then I'm, then I'm celebrating. But if again, if you're trying to do this to like turn your $20 into 40, then yeah, you should look at entry sizes, the top, the payout structure, how many people are playing, all that type of stuff. You, those are things you should, should consider. It just depends. It just depends what what your goals are. <laughs> and turning 20 into 40 is not my goal. Turning 20 into 250K <laughs> is my goal. So. Okay, okay. Well, okay. But then you have to build differently for that. The truth is, is that there are like the standard is typically the top price is a, a prize, you know, like number, you know, first place is, is 10,000. Let's just use an example. Tenth place is usually 10% of that or something like that. Is that right, Tony? Where you want to see at least. 10%. It depends on the tournament. Yeah, like the Millie yeah. Makers are are crazy They're top heavy. I mean, all the money's on at number yeah. one. Like it goes from a hundred or million to one hundred and fifty k for second usually, and that's like you know you're talking about a putt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's ten percent for second. Where it's like we we're right. looking for a little bit of like okay, yeah, because in golf something can happen at the very end where you, you drop from second to seventh, and it doesn't cost you the whole amount of money. So you kind of have to consider the payout structure. You have to consider things like that. Uh, Ken, our guy, dude, Ken's back. Ken's been around for a minute. Uh, he entered my contest. Apparently, this is his first time on DraftKings, which is awesome because Ken, I don't even remember. He was la- making fun of the fact that no one was watching this at some point. <laughs> Do you remember that, Matt Martin? I remember yeah. that. Yes. Okay, so Ken has a question about can he win or cash with only five out of six players making the cut? Of course. I think that can happen yeah. a lot. Probably won't I, win, but cash. Win money. Or, yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You win, win money. And like you can, yeah. we've seen at the top of the leaderboard sometimes, or there's five or six guys, and you're just like shocked at how this happened. If you have a one percenter that binks the yeah. tournament or something, then maybe a five out of six gets there. It happens. What final positions of your six picks generally need to be at mm. to win? What? Oh, like you probably need like two or three of the top five. Yep. Probably. Six of the top 20. For yeah, sure. like you can have a 46th or like a 56th. Yeah. You don't have to be just perfect. One. <laughs> we've, we've talked about this a lot where you don't have to have the perfect crap. And like you can have the Keegan Bradley that made a bunch of birdies that's T36 that can like be fine and good enough. And it can happen. It, and, and it's crazy that like weird stuff can help you. And, com- and we've – Martins, we did that Sunday pod forever where we studied the winning lineups and you saw and we know the winning lineup is a random as hell. It's they spend all the money, they use a shitload of chalk, they sometimes don't. The second place guy is completely different than the first place guy. Like that's why we're calling it roulette because it's like it really sometimes fucks with your your brain as someone who watches golf, who pays attention, who has a podcast, who spends money cares who deeply watches everything and then you still don't win or you can't win or you don't even you can't figure out a way so it's that's why well i think i think what we could take away from our analysis when we were doing that is that number one everybody's spending their entire amount like you know if you log into the millie maker like 
10 minutes it's like 75% are spending it all. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's one of the first things I check, Eric, when I get into my optimizer is I set the max to 49.9 just so <laughs> yeah. I never spend yeah, 50k. And you'd be surprised how many times you're unique just because you don't spend 50k. Right. But then what's hilarious too is to see at any contest, whether it's the Millie Maker or the short game, the, some of these people will still take the like six guys that start just so they can have their like screenshot of 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 being like the winners of the Millie Maker on Thursday morning Screenshot at heroes. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but still I think that spending all your money isn't a negative because most people are doing it and it's so hard to like like to find that like uh, perfect lineup. You I mean you you're talking about like oh it, you had to have actually maybe left 800 on the table or 500 or even 300 or whatever. And like, so the ability, the balls that it takes to do that, you know, it, it's, it's one thing. It's another, when it t- comes to these people that are just, you know, leaving tens of thousands on the table just because they want that screenshot. But what I was going to say is that, um, yeah. It, well, you, they're priced for a reason. That's the whole point. So you want to spend as much as you're given because, that's you're giving money the majority of the field is doing that and depending on the contest they're in that's going to be the the winning strategy anyway so like trying to get weird i think 100 off the table is fine that is going to win if you start doing 500 there's just I, I don't know i think we've looked at these contests before and it just it just doesn't work out no, and I've tried this too, and then I've done this with the narratives. The less you spend, the worse you are usually. So yeah, yeah, it's the barb, and and it's and it has to do with the fact that like everybody else is spending all their money. If well, you wonder, everybody was else is being trying to be like combinations. Unique. Yeah. Hmm. So let's talk about this for a second. Uh, building the roster based on the contest that you're in. I don't do this enough, and I think that's how winning players are winning players, where they know they have to do things differently tony you talked about it pivots making decisions based on ownership changing because of weather waves doing things that give yourself an advantage these little these little edges all the time there's many many little edges throughout a week that can actually make a difference so you have to play dfs eric remember how many times i've i preached to myself play dfs don't even try to predict athlete performance because the best players at PGA DFS are the ones that recognize right away that they cannot predict it, that they know it's roulette. That's then they go fine. I can't predict it. And you're going to try to, and you're going to try to, well, if you're going to try to predict that guy, you're going to try to predict that guy. And this guy's got just, I mean, he's just a human with, you know, I'll go after him because I know this is how this works. So again, I think there are pricing problems each week where a guy is a bad price and there are reasons why he becomes chalk. So like sometimes there are ways that you just have to like take advantage of what DraftKings fucked up with, but then, and like not getting too cute. In other words, like just take the Mito at 6,800 at the PGA championship when a ball striker friendly air, you know, he's good reason for him. Even though he's going to be chalk at eight percent, do this. What? Who was the other guy? <laughs> it was Cameron Young, seventy six hundred dollars. Like some of this stuff, where you're like, ah, he he fits well. He's priced right. 
but then with the other five, four, whatever, do something different. We've talked about that a million damn times. Mm -hmm. So the truth is, though, I don't want to do that because I want to act like I know what I'm talking about. I want to act like I'm the one that predicted all of these perfect names. I want to want, I think I know more than I do. And I also love playing for fun. So then I don't care. So I pick who I want to pick. So that's the name of the game is having fun, but knowing that you have to be different. So it really comes down to you're just making lineups. That's why I think the the untapped strategy that we should take away is the the contrarian like 8K guy that he's good because he's 8K. No one wants him for no reason. Or, you know, you kind of have to find these low 9K contrarian names that are just as good as everyone else that no one wants. Contrarian meaning that they're just not popular, I guess. Is that the way to do it? Or there's two ways to play it, truly, is you gamble for a lot of profit and you're just going for it. Maybe you're a person that's putting a lot of money out there and you're knowing you're like a Raza where he admits, I'm going to lose 50 weeks of the year, but I'm going to win two. And I'm going to be really profitable on those weeks that I win. And that's a gambler. Or you're doing what Josh, Eric, and I typically do, which you just play for fun and you see what happens. And you're doing nothing the same. Or you're maybe going heavy one week, light one week, doing whatever the hell you want. Chalk names now. Oh, no one wants this guy, so I'll go for him. And just doing this for fun. There's pros and cons to both ways of playing. I don't know. Tony. <laughs> Is there a question in there? <laughs> no, I think like when you're talking about ownership and chalk and pivots and stuff, I think you want to think of it as a general lineup construction more than any one specific player. So if you play Cam Young and we knew he was going to be what, 15, 16% owned, well, then yes, you're right. We got to make a pivot somewhere else. So, like a hard and fast rule for me, I like to try to stay in the say 75 80% range when your total six golfers ownership combined and that usually will get you unique without being crazy like you also don't want six right. 1% guys right cuz that's, that's what I'm saying that's getting your, cute for no you're over leverage for no reason people. exactly these guys are chalky for a reason when you think about it all the projection systems like them, the models like them either they're too cheap on on draftkings or but you also have to remember that you got a guy who's say you know four, 40 to one to win the golf tournament. That's two point four percent to actually win. So you know ninety seven point five percent of the time he's going to fail. So like it's a, if you think about it that way, like if you got a guy who's twenty percent on and a guy who's five percent on, they're the same. Look at the Vegas price; they're the same outright. That's a no brainer. There's no okay. way he's four percent or four times more likely, more likely. To, to play well, right? Like that's those are the or they would be different odds for like Vegas exactly. figure it out. Yeah, Vegas is exactly these guys. Around. These are the sharpest markets in the world, and by yeah. Wednesday they're they're bet into place. Like these are what you know. These are what you should be looking at to make some of your decisions. Um, Raza and Tambo they both said that you can be drawing dead before the tournament even starts. There are different ways that you can do this. You can do this by like not knowing what the ownership is and then being too high. Let's talk about player pools because this kind of leads into the player pool. How basically the most common question these guys get is how many players do you play within how many lineups that you're playing? That is literally the, the bare bones. 
We've talked about this for years. I got ridiculed for doing like 27 or eight names and 20 lineups. I've got, you know, I tried to do less names than 20. You almost can't do it. So like I did the 21, 21, 21 for about two, I don't know, 18 months, literally. So mm -hmm. 21 is, is kind of cutting yourself off, but you don't want to rake yourself. Tony, this is your time to shine. You make 150 lineups. No one, no one here does that. So then do you change the number of names you make based on how many lineups you're making? Uh, it depends for me. Like I would say there's no hard and fast rule. I'm not going to say I'm only going to play 35 guys this week or whatever. Like I like to try to keep a core pretty tight. So I'll maybe take four or five golfers and I'll have, you know, 40, 50, 60% of those mm. golfers in over my 150 lineups. So they're most of my lineups. Okay. And then you're mixing and matching two, three guys here and there. You're, you're grabbing a, a 2% guy, guys that your model maybe liked on Monday. You get, you go to Wednesday, you see they're your 5% on, you keep them in your player pool, you add them in your, in your rosters. That's how you try, try to get different, right? But Eric Quagnus, you love to click everyone. You're, you're known for the spray method. Uh, we've done, we, before we started doing the podcast, this is a known, this may be known, but uh, the spray method, it was the shit. We were the best spray method people ever. We had the most random ass lineups ever all the time that we would laugh and laugh and laugh because we were like, holy shit, that guy's doing well. And you picked him like, how the hell did you do that? And like, we'd be like, we'd be <laughs> quite admit that that was like kind of how we played when we were doing the uh yahoo stuff on the side and then when we would go into DraftKings, we would just like i remember just spray methoding it and not even thinking twice about this and then once i learned about the industry standards and norms i felt embarrassed that i was a spray method person and i have condensed my core but now i'm wondering it was more fun to spray and just be like holy shit i got a bullet and i don't know how i put these guys together but here i go let's rocket ship it up and see what happens what's you know what your... they say all it takes is one chad come on so quag is talking about your spray method i'm gonna grab I mean, here. Go the, spray spray, method. The, the spray method is basically this you log on to your DraftKings app <laughs> or if you're doing it on your computer that's fine too it depends on you know what whatever you prefer and you you know you have an idea of what you've listened to over the course of the week and you've you know, you've read whatever you've read. And if you have subscriptions to things, you know, you have access to information. You're, all that stuff is percolated inside your brain. And then you just start going. I, I'm an improviser. I'm a musician. I improvise for my job as a, <laughs> as a musician. So like, that's what, that's what that like kind of came from is that I would over the course of the week, I wouldn't touch DraftKings until it was time to start building. And I, we, you know, uh, Chad and I had this, like, you know, he would put his tallies out. Here's everybody I'm taking and this. And I was doing that too. But then, it, then I started to be like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to log in. Boom. Din, 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 din. I like this. I like this. I like this. I like this. I'm importing your, you know, Did you, you ever win? Name. You're taking on a name. You're importing. I like this. I like this. Again, everything that I've digested over the course of the week was unfolding this is what spraying is it's actually called okay we get it of course spraying <laughs> and, and it's a lot of fun if, if you you know if you again this should all be but you would end up with like one share of kadira 
Exactly. Yeah, we end up with one share of Kadir. And he would win the tournament, but good. then he was exactly. on an awful lineup. Exactly. So that's that's the downside. That's, that's the problem. That's the mm. big problem. There's there's huge problems when it comes to to that method, <laughs> and we found it. And there's huge problems to just playing DraftKings, frankly. Exactly. So like, so, you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Exactly. Um. No, but you do have to pick. You know, like you do have to pick a certain number of players if you're building 20 lineups. You can't. I mean, yeah, you could do the core to. cascading method that Rick Rungood does, where you pretty much, I think you, you have like 14 guys for the He plays guys. tight. Yeah, it's a yeah, tight. So, like, tight I don't, I don't want to whatever do. it is. No, it's too small even for me. That's crazy. No, I, I think, you know, 30 is probably too. too many because you can, and then you have to use two. You know, I tried to do at least have two lineups for every guy not doing one lineup off guy. And then I don't want to have over 60% of any one guy in any lineup, but then that gets stupid too. Cause you're trying to, ma- you know, I don't know. DraftKings. It becomes hard. all about leverage at a certain point too. Like if you're, if your ownership percentages, like if you say, if you're playing three teams, like the guy said it great on the pod and you play, if Rom is 33% and you play one team of John Rom. You're kind of doing yourself a disservice. You kind of want to play all John Rom or mm. none John Rom at that point. Mm. You just if it's assuming if you play none and John Rom is terrible, you've locked out 33% of the field right there. And right. then if you play all John Rom and he ends up winning the tournament, you've knocked out 67% of the field and you have a shot of winning. Right. Right. But if you just tread water and you and you carry along, you're you're just gonna pay the rake over time. Tony, you're in one you're in like my contests every once in a while, or you've you've got to pull one lineup out of the 150, or you've got to have your main lineup. How are you picking this main lineup out of the all lineups you made? I still play a single entry and three maxes. I love Pat's tournament, and I will generally hand build those with okay. the guys that my model liked, mm-hmm. and then I'll take direct pivots off of shocky guys usually because you're only build when you're dealing with one lineup it's a little bit different you don't have to be as contrarian you just have i don't also don't want to be playing two v2s with everybody so i don't want the same four golfers as everybody and then you're dealing with you know two 7k golfers that are deciding your tournament and that's not the way you want to do it either so you just you want to be different enough without being crazy in like a single entry so for like your tournament i'll generally I will never play like the chalky expensive guy because mm. for that guy to be in your optimal lineup, most likely that guy has to win the turn mm. versus like and if you play the chalky, that week. Yeah. Exactly. If you play a chalky guy who's 7,700, he could make your optimal lineup and be tied for 40th just because he doesn't have to get nearly as many points to pay off his price tag. Right. So it really sure. does depend. It, it, there's no hard and fast rules. That's why PGA DFS is, is so difficult. Like being variant and <laughs> every single week is different. Yeah, exactly. That's what I, my, my point. My next point is you cannot be rigid. Like Martins was saying earlier, you have to evolve. You have to change. I think I've made a mistake being the guy that's faded the TPG. Like you don't always need the TPG, but sometimes the TPG is underpriced. Like when Rom, I did use Rom that week, so like, haha, on you all. But at the same time, like my <laughs> principles are to fade the top price guy, but maybe it's not a great principle, or you have to like not have these dumb principles. 
like APPR. But you should always play Patrick Reed because he's playing great. <laughs> uh, he's Ken is back. He's saying, what's a three max? A three max is you have uh, the ability to enter three lineups yourself into that <clears throat> particular contest. So there's this, there's certain contests that allow you to create one lineup, three lineups, 20 lineups, 150 lineups. 150. Uh, and of course, we get burnt by withdrawals all the time. That happens. So don't I would like to add though, up. when you're when you're looking to select your contest, I find that it's super important that you want to have whatever the max entries is. You want to be at the <clears> max entry. Sure. So, like, I mean, it's fun. Josh is having fun. He's throwing a lotto ticket and trying to win 150k. You know, you're Great. fully expecting to lose that 20 bucks. 100. And that and that's cool. But if you're going in there trying to double up or whatever, you are competing against 150 lineups built by optimizers. You are good luck. Uh, it's an uphill battle. It is. You are going to spend 150k in single bullets to win that 150k, most likely. It's just the way it is. Like Quagnus, I have one last question for you. We're about to be done here. Uh, okay. Tambo said on the podcast with Mayo that if you're not grinding your dick off, you're not figuring out like what you did the last week and studying your lineups and all that stuff that you should probably just not even try to enter these high stakes PGA DFS streets. Would you agree to that? Yeah, probably. I mean, like we were doing a lot of self-reflection for quite some time when it came to our, we weren't really even reflecting upon our own results. We were reflecting on like who's winning and why, and like the percentages mm -hmm. and own, you know, yeah. And like price points. So, yeah, I think there is a, I think there is a, is a, is a good thing, but like each week is different and ownership and percentages and price points. It changes each week. It's like, Oh, maybe this week was the time to take, like you just said, the top price golfer, and then another week was the week to fade the top price golfer. How do you know when that's going to happen? Like, yeah, so that's why you have to have the amnesia pill or whatever. Exactly. The men in black wand. Just zap yourself and you know walk in it every week with a different mindset. Quagnus has to go put his pet his kids to bed. So thank you. His pets to bed. His pets. Do you have any pets, Quagnus? I have a, I have a cat. I don't have to. You put still her have a cat? I wasn't sure if you did. She's, she's still alive. Thank you. Should we play the music and get out of here? Because we do have the after show. There's no Darbo or Cecil, and it's kind of sad because we don't know where they are. But miss you uh, guys. And then Tony's dipping out too because Tony's like, What time is it where you are? It's currently midnight. Yeah. Yeah. So Tony's got to go to bed. My God. I'm a trooper, man. This All right. Fun, well, thank you, boys, for joining us. Me. Let's play Thanks, the music. Buddy. Let's get us out of here. And then Josh and I can chat for a minute. Peace out. Thanks for having me, boys. Thanks, Tony. Join us anytime. Remove you, Josh. It's the after show. Oh, just me and you this time. I wanted to actually preface the after show with, if you have a gambling problem, you can call 1-800-GAMBLER because that would be sad if you did, and we wouldn't want that because we're here to have fun. Still, well, we still got our banners up here. <laughs> We love our guy Joe, but uh, he deleted a few few of them.
Oh, no, we love, we don't, we're sharing this with Joe. Uh, it is the after show, uh, which normally is better if Darbo's here because Darbo and Josh talk about golf stuff, but we do talk about golf stuff. How did you like the strategy pod session? Was it, you know what I, you know what I learned? What did we forget the, to say? When did, when did we finish? Hold on. I gotta, oh, <laughs> I gotta, I gotta put down the finish. Are time. you doing timestamp still? 59. Uh, Basically, right at an hour, we were perfect. Um, How about that? I'm doing as best I can. A lot of these are our topics are just the whole thing, so you can't like yeah, timestamp the middle of it. So, yeah. but I'm doing um, a few. Anyways, yeah. so here's what I learned. Mm-hmm. We went through all these strategies. Can do this. Can do that. Should maybe do this. Should maybe do that. Maybe not do this. Probably do that. And then we're an hour in, and then now I'm like, well, maybe then again we just go back to what we said. Literally, like a minute in, it doesn't fucking matter. So, yeah, pretty much. Uh, that's that's the saddest part, and that's like that's truly, truly the reason why I am on a Thursday night because I we, I cannot predict this. I'm 37 years old. I've been trying to predict sports for like. 25 you know 15 years at least it's impossible so like why are we out there on a tuesday telling you who to click and i mean other than to entertain you and to make it fun but then there's other people that are already doing that and then do you really want the guy that's like a realtor to do that for you no i think we're i think we found our you you want the guy that just bought a house that includes an entire section of the house that is for his studio to do with the show is these shows for you. That's what you want. No, which is not you. Not You're real. a realtor. Yep. Yeah, I say that's seriously. I was talking about Mayo. Mayo. Yeah, like a guy that like <laughs> builds a studio in his basement for the show. Like, come on. And or Tambo. Oh my god. Tambo is the one. He's like super passionate, and he can tell you everything, and he like cares and more knows way more than we do. So, like, do you really need me? Just no. Listen to Tambo and Kenny, and Kenny's the most entertaining person ever. So this, there's that. Right. Yeah. And that's why I think this Thursday stuff could keep us away from the touting and away from the name clicking. And we could do more of the strategy, more of the reflecting, more of the like wondering and asking, but also more of the golf stuff. Like we are golfers. We truly do play golf. You were talking about how you had a good round that was ruined today. I did ruin a, I ruined a even par round yesterday. Why did you, you want, do that? You want to hear about high? By the way, yesterday it's fifty degrees and it rains all fucking day. Yeah, well, you were golfing. I I played golf yesterday, so didn't think we were gonna play. And then all of a sudden, you look at the weather and it's like, oh, it's actually supposed to be done raining by like three, and we didn't tee off till four. We play every Wednesday at like four. Okay. So, I'm like, well, I'm gonna go play, and then we have like a group of twelve people that play every Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Two of us showed up to play because everyone's scared about the rain. So well, they have, yeah. They're, well, they're afraid of the rain, so they don't want pneumonia. So, well, maybe, but it's like cold out. So, so we get there. It's cold. I get in the parking lot and there's no cars there. And so I walk in and I'm like, are you guys closed? And they're like, no, just nobody wants to go out and play. Nobody's dumb enough to play. Fuck, I'll play. I don't care. So I'll go out there and I'm just. Banging drivers down the middle, hucking seeds onto the greens, 
rolled it rolled in a couple pucks. Well, it was soft or what? It was soft. Yeah, it so was, then it you're ran, able to pepper. It was super soft. Yeah, and then I was playing that. Uh, you're dude, going fast, heard? so there's no pace play problems. Oh, we were flying. Have you heard yeah, of uh, Tanner's Brook in Forest Lake? No. Okay, so course called Tanner's Brook in Forest Lake. It's if you play it any other day than yesterday, it's like playing like Augusta fast. Oh, it's just and it's not. Don't so you were able to it's pepper not Augusta. It's it's just you hit it on the fun. fairway and it rolls out fifty yards. You hit it on the green, there ain't no spinning the ball back. Mm-hmm. So you got to like land it in front of the green to get it onto the green. But yesterday, landed on the green, get a little backspin. So Ooh. could could huck some darts yesterday. So you're happy so, about that. So then you're feeling it. I'm fe- I'm feeling even though it. it's I'm, fifty, like you can do that. Well, so and it, and. Well, it kind of was humid. It was humidish, but also they said it was done raining at three. It misted the entire round. Mm-hmm. I was soaked after nine holes. <laughs> but but I'm like, fuck it, I'm playing good. I'm just gonna okay, keep going. So you're playing really well, and then going good. We get to the. I'm, I think I'm one over through fourteen or something. Okay. And I got I got a par five coming down eighteen that was probably birdieable, and actually the hole the hole that was ruined is definitely a birdie hole. But so, so your yeah. your your objective is to be under par. Mine, yeah. In oh Lee, hey Lee, Lee's uh Lee's one of the twelve that usually played. He didn't come yesterday. He was afraid of the rain. Pussy. No, I would never I, have played in the rain. I'm just kidding. He, had a, he had a work thing. He he was not a. a he would have played in the rain. He, Lee is Lee's very dedicated. Uh, you remember uh, remember when we talked and we were talking about uh, how I had a friend that loves doing like stat models and stuff. Oh yeah. So yeah, I was, yeah. He, he was doing like uh, what what I say was Python or something. That's Lee. Lee's oh, the guy. Oh cool. Um. Anyway, so fourteenth hole, something like that. This it's like a. Short you're in your head thinking I got I can go under par this round for sure. Short hole, dog leg right, <laughs> and this hole you can't hit driver on the hole because if you hit driver going into the woods, you can't even hit a fairway wood. You're going long into the woods. So what do you pull four iron? So I, I normally would hit a four iron. I grabbed my two hybrid because it was dead into the wind. Oh, grab okay. my two hybrid and bang it out there. Usually would normally go into the woods because the wind was coming in. It held it back. Dead. Dead center of the fairway, 150 yards out, pretty yeah. much. So approach is downhill. Everything slopes to the left about, mm-hmm. and the lie that I have also slopes to the left. So everything here says ball is going to be drawn, so I need to aim a little right, and it will just draw down to the, to the hole, and I'll make a putt and make a birdie. So I pull out a nine iron. I, normally I would probably hit a pitching wedge there, so I'll just sky it up in the air. It'll just drop and it'll be on the green. But the way the wind was going and the way the hole sloped, I like take an extra club and I like I'm just gonna kind of punch it down there and let it just kind of fall down the okay. hole. You know? Okay, okay, yeah. So I take this nine iron, lining it up. I'm super confident about this. Take the backswing, downswing, and then you hear the click. If you've ever shanked a shot, you know what that click sounds like. Click goes dead right dead dead right is there woods there trees into the trees but so there's kind of like an angle so i go over there i look at the guy i'm playing with i like 
What are you I'm like sixty the, yards? Or are you in sixty yards at that point? I, I was probably farther away than that. It okay. was so far right, dude. So <laughs> I get to the ball. I'm like, tell the dude to play with. I'm like, dude, watch this. Like, there's a window this yeah. big between okay, the trees. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm like, fuck it. I'm gonna try and hit. This. Grab the seven iron. And like, yeah, I'm you're just, still thinking pars in play. I'm kind of still thinking pars in play. So I grab my <laughs> seven iron. And I'm like, I can just punch it through these this window sure. trees. It's just going to roll down the hill, roll onto the green, and I can maybe still get a par, but bogey at work. But yeah, tap and bogey. Okay. Right. So I hit, take the seven iron, and I hit it, and it goes through this window. Oh, yeah? Dead middle through it, cool. but I hit it too hard. And it went in the weeds. It on flies the over. Because <laughs> <laughs> you had the adrenaline like I did. Exactly. Because I was so pumped <laughs> yes, that I was exactly. going to try to hit this side. Took too big of a backswing or too big. Okay, so you're lying four over the green? It, yeah. So I went through the green. Then I chipped up in two, I think, two putted. So then it ended up being a seven. Oh, shit. Uh, and then I went par, par, par to finish, I think, or something like that. Well, that's so. dumb. So I, uh, I ruined it. I ruined <laughs> an even par round in the in the rain and fucking wind with a shanked nine iron from the middle of the fairway. Uh, okay, so you play competitively though, like you do. I do. Last competitive round I played, I got a ten in, which is worse than the worse worse than the <laughs> But like, uh, did you have to like? So, like, once you have the 10, I mean, what hole did you have the 10 on? It was like, uh, Lee was my caddy, actually, speaking of Lee. Oh, nice. Lee was there. He watched the 10. Uh, 14 or 15? Something okay, like that. so then at that point, you're like, bye. I'm, I'm kind I was of pretty much not. I was pretty much out of it then anyway, so that probably didn't matter. But Okay. Do you uh, know when you get to the course that you're, like, in good, f- you've got it or not? Or do, how do you know if you have it or not? Uh, I, you know what? I was, I was pretty sure I didn't have it on the range. And, uh, so I'm on the range and I'm, I'm hitting wedges and I'm hitting sweet wedges. And I'm like, this is going to be sweet because the course we're playing, um, was very short. Don't have to hit any drivers and you're still hitting wedges into the green. Hmm. So like, this is sick. I'm going to be hitting some wedges here and wedges are doing good. Start stepping up the clubs hit eight irons, they're going left, they're going right, they're going left, they're going right. I'm like, oh, shit, this is bad. Step it up again. To, I think I hit a few four irons, going left, going right, going left, going right. I'm like, fuck. Two hybrids, same, driver. What the hell? Same. And so then you go out there and you're playing well then? So I so I just think shit's going to be bad. Yeah. And then get to the first tee. First tee is a two hybrid off the tee. Couldn't have hit it farther left. Could not have hit it farther left. Probably. So it's you shank your first shot, basically. Uh, heart like a like a duck like a pull. Kind yeah. Of. yeah. Okay. And then hit actually a pretty sweet shot. I had to hit it like over a tree onto the green, and then three putted. <laughs> Which <laughs> shock shocker? You you played with me before three puttings. And You're like Josh three putt. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then uh, next yeah, hole. Next hole, hit it like off to the right, like underneath this tree. Hit a punch shot onto the green, or maybe just over the green. Pard. Next hole, hit it onto the green. I think three putted, and then like, well, the next hole is a par five. Hit some bad shots there, but for the rest of the round, really, 
I was like hitting the ball pretty straight and hitting the ball on the green, putting like dog shit. So it had like the range session meant nothing for the round. Mm -hmm. I thought it was going to be shit. I'm hitting the ball really good. Go to the back nine. And I tell Lee, who's caddying for me on the 10th hole, I'm like, dude, we can like, we can birdie some holes on the back and be in this. I think I was three over or something. I think I was planning on needing one over to qualify for the tournament. So you're looking at 200 back. I'm like, dude, I'm hitting the ball really good. (laughs) Like this, this is possible. And then just kept putting like shit. Like, why do you put, why do you put like shit, you idiot? Why do you always? Do I don't. That? I don't know. And then the the best are you just a big doofus, Tony Fino up there, or what? Maybe, maybe in tournaments. But you're the, too tall. You're too tall. Uh, maybe the the best part is how the, tall uh, are you? Six four, six three. Yeah, I, so you're too I tall. Played, I played with Lee again on the Saturday after. I think it was the Saturday after that. Maybe it's Sunday. Doesn't okay. day doesn't matter. Putted the fucking lights out. Roll, you actually roll, did once rolling them in from fucking everywhere when it didn't what? matter. Yeah, wow. like it was it was a Sunday. It was a Sunday. Just how roll. come you can't carry that momentum? I don't. I don't know, Chad. How is this simulator? Do you have the simulator set up yet? It's a so there's a launch monitor, but it has a simulator in it. It's uh Tell me all about this. Like it might be bugged. What? It might be bugged. I don't know if it, so. It's what have you, you have you seen the um. The thing Bryson uses that is so you're you're standing you're standing this way and the he's got like the launch monitor like right in front of him. You know what I'm talking about? Okay, okay, yeah. Just keep it standing. Okay, yeah. I don't I don't need to stand anymore. That's all we need. Uh, so the so the launch monitor is not behind him, it's in front no, of no, him. No, no, it's on this it's from the front or it's on the side of him, thing. but it's it's facing. Okay, so then like, that's who I got one want. of those. What? And so so you bring it to the range. Can bring it to the range, yep. So I, or, I or else you put, you smash it into a screen. You can, yep. So okay. it's it's camera based. So it just have you set up your screen in your lead. smash room yet? No, I don't need it now because we're going to the range. Well, yeah, but come on, let's set it up. But for the I rainy should. Day. I know. Like <laughs> we probably should have used it yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so then you is it heavy? No, it's it's actually pretty light. It's like a oh, it like it looks like a like a hand soap dispenser. Exactly, and it's yeah, it's so like then, the weight of one of those too. If you yeah, okay, so then it just sits in front of the ball, and then it yep. just measures your speeds and shit. Yeah, so it, it and then it, it's yeah, camera based, so it has three cameras on it, and okay. it t- basically takes a zillion pictures every second. Okay, so okay. It, it can tell like how fast your ball is going, how much it's been, which spun which way left right back whatever and you're supposed to put um like a sticker like in the middle of your club you know uh mm-hmm. was it i think it was uh i think it was good rory rory sabatini he got disqualified one round because ah, he because he forgot the sticker because <laughs> it's from one of, it's from one of these launch monitors so oh, i see you put the sticker on it, and then it can also it will also take pictures of your club and the club face. So how fast your club's going, if it's open, if it's closed, mm. if it's going mm. right, if it's going left, cool. if you hit it in the middle of the club, if you hit it off the heel, all. So what have you, you? So you've done how long have you own this thing for a couple weeks or mm-hmm. not even a couple weeks? Yeah. So have you? It, how often uh, do you? I've used it a few times. It. I'm trying. I'm experienced. I'm experimenting still, but it's it's having trouble picking up the ball. I think just on the ground in general. Mm, mm. So 
I'm, I'm wondering if it's either bugged or if like a lot of the ranges we're on, the grass is long. So mm. I'm wondering if it's just having a hard time actually seeing the ball because the mm. grass is long. So I, I haven't just, experimented yeah. like putting it on a like on a mat. Okay. That might be different. So okay. we'll see. But when when it works, like the data is really good. It gives you a so is ball. it better than like shh, the Braemar? Better, yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, same stuff, there. but you get like your it gives you accurate. It gives you it gives you more data, but it yeah, it in theory the like the ball flight stuff is a lot of the same, and then it has courses on it. Um, it has like mini games, so you can do like close. What do you mean it has courses on it? Like it just tells you you have this far. Oh, like so it you takes can, your you can, previous shot and like. Well, so you you can set it, it up, and then you yeah. can plug it in with like a. Mm-hmm. Um, with a cord to like a computer, they tell you to get a gaming. Oh, computer. cool! You cool, cool. Probably you can probably do it with a laptop, and then it will basically kind of kind of like uh, Top Tracer does that. Brain uh-huh. will just yeah. project whatever you do onto the screen as a golf course. I see. So okay. They got okay. they got some courses. That's what we needed your golf room at your house. Exactly. Which for the we, winter we will over the winter. And I've realized I can swing a golf club in my garage. Bro. Oh. And the best part about this thing, it's por- obviously portable, so I could bring it over to your garage. We can do <sighs> some. We can do some content in your garage. Oh, I'm actually, yeah. Oh, so good. Can you can you swing a driver in your garage? I'm pretty sure. Or just irons. Should we go check right now? We could <laughs> live on YouTube. But live on YouTube. <clears throat> I mean, I guess I could. I guess. Did you see? I. Uh... You see, I tweeted at you 15 minutes into the show. Did you know? I didn't even know. Last week, I, uh, when we had Ruby on, I I noticed I had just been slamming my first beer that I had. And I'm like, shit. We're like nine minutes in. I already, I already opened my second beer. So I tweeted. I'm like, come watch. Just finished. Just started my second beer. <laughs> and then this time, this time I did the same thing. I I finished my first beer. I'm like, we're seven minutes into the show, so I tweeted out like, seven minutes into the show, come on. <laughs> and then and then you sneakily, sneakily Practice. tried to open your second one, but I heard it. Yeah. So, and that was at like the 14 minute mark. So then I tweeted on top of mine, and I was like, we're still rolling. By the way, Chad's on his Chad's on his second one. We're 15 minutes in. I that's my sixth. I shouldn't even admit that, probably. <laughs> well, of the show is what I meant. No, no, of the night or whatever. I started at like five o'clock. <laughs> okay, so we're out in the garage. Hold on. This is where this is where Josh and I, when he comes over and I set up the screen, I'll probably set it up like over there somewhere. You don't have uh, like rafters hanging down that are a problem? That was the no, problem in my last garage. This oh, yeah. It's like flat That's across. That's nice. Problem, actually, maybe. Yeah, you don't want to hit that. Oh shit! Yeah, there's like garage. Yeah, yeah, there. yeah, yeah. But like, if there wasn't, oops! Jesus! <laughs> oh my god! I hit the chair. Fact. <laughs> okay. I think if you could probably put your you could probably put your head underneath that. Uh, the garage opener thing. Yeah, if I did it this way, 
Yeah, yeah, that's probably better. Oh, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then, no, 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 probably not gonna happen with the driver. So unfortunately, no driver. Yeah. For my simulator, it's hard. To, it's hard to swing drivers in the now. If I wanted to to delete this whole apparatus above me for like this third stall, and then just like make it like a pull up and not have it be automatic or whatever, like I could, I could end up deleting this entire. You could, thing, yeah. You know, do we, like even are removing you parking cars in there? No, well, I'm parking cars in the other two, but like no, that's what I meant. This I one I wouldn't. One. Yeah, I wouldn't need to open this thing up. So like yeah. I could get rid of all of the upper stuff, even that light. I could move that light and get rid of this, and then I could easily swing the driver in the third spot. Right. So Think how much if we're, if we're committed to that, kids we would have if you had a spot in the garage, you guys could just go and just smash golf balls. Oh, Liam, Lucas, and I. We would. Well, I guess even Olivia probably. So Lee, I bet Liam would have a blast this winter. Yeah, well, we got a lot to do. We got the basement. This house has been money. I got hardwood floors put in the other day. So that happened as I was doing the ownership projection show. They showed up for that. <laughs> Did you see that? Um, and then uh, I got carpet coming in on Tuesday. So I got new carpet coming what in. What are you putting carpet in for? Carpet's such a waste of shit. Dude, if you even knew how gross this carpet Oh, oh, should we talk about the drama? You're you're taking wait, are you you're taking carpet out and put a carpet back in? Yeah. Uh, is the, are the floors underneath like shit? Like the hardwood? <clears throat> yeah, it's plywood. <laughs> okay. So okay. so you can't like pull the carpet up and just like give it like a cool shine and then it looks nice. Dude, should we talk? Oh wait, hold on. Should we talk? Should we talk about the drama? Yeah, I, I need to hear more about this. Especially if you got more information since the last time. I have, actually, because the... Oh, hell okay, yeah. So I moved into a cul-de-sac, uh, if you're not aware. um, I just... Let me, let me timestamp this, because I, I told my wife this is probably going to come up. <laughs> this is good stuff. So I'm not even timestamping it for the show. I'm just timestamping it so I can tell my wife. <laughs> No, you can put it in there. Okay, so uh, I moved into what is the called the sack, and I've now realized this might be a cult de sack, and I'm a little bit nervous. Cult de sack. Mm-hmm. I've explained to Josh, I've already run into some drama. Uh, I moved in, I bought this guy's house, and I acquired his stuff, right? So, like, I bought his personal property. That's like wax on, wax off. <laughs> personal property is mine. Is what, like that's normal. I'm a realtor, yeah, like for sure. The shit that's in the house and that's whatever's like, there is yours now. So, uh, I'm like 24 hours into buying this home, and my wife says to me that we do not want this trailer that is taking up this extra area in the side of the yard or or the side of the garage. Like, don't want it. Why do we need it? What are we going to use it for? And I'm like hemming and like I'm trying to convince her that maybe this is a potential thing that we could use like we go drive this thing to the guy that has the mulch on bargain and we could get the mulch we could bring the mulch back (laughs) you know you're gonna end up using that for but uh, we'll get to it but you don't own it anymore but you could (laughs) you know what you would have used it for you would have just put shit in there for as like random outdoor storage and then it would have just been useless 
basically. Or I would have tried to take it to the cabin one time. And then, and then you probably would have left it at the cabin. No, my (laughs) wife has a place up, or her family has a place up north. It's called the cabin. They call it. They're on the lakes, you know, up north there. You know, don't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, But we would have tried to. We'd filled it with a cooler and a bunch of stuff, and then we would have brought it up north, and it would have broken down, or we'd have had a flat tire, or we'd had a problem. It would have broken us. We would have been on the side of the highway. We'd have been pissed as fuck that we even tried to take this thing on. (laughs) So either way. We're not trailer people, so we're going to – trailer people. <laughs> I'm not against trailer people, but at the same time, I'm not a guy that owns a trailer. So in my head, I'm like, okay, I don't know how much this is – like how much could a trailer be, right? I don't know how much this right. is. So I go to Facebook Marketplace, like any normal person does in 2022, and I say, how much can I get for this trailer? And I'm seeing other trailers between – 700 900 bucks for trailers that have the hookup to the uh you know the ball right. joint thing the and it has the lights and it has the whole thing and then nine yards and i'm like hmm. so i start with 999 i put it out there again no hits so i drop it 750 pretty much immediately we're getting a little nibble here and there i'll give you 400 give you 500 give you 600 so we got finally some guy on the line so i'm you know getting pretty good amount of money for this thing and i'm like what the hell <clears throat> So I'm waiting for this homeboy to show up to purchase this thing and take it away and uh, and give me 600 bucks cash. And so I'm out in the yard doing my thing. And the, one of the neighbors comes walking by and he says, how you doing? What's going on? Blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, yeah, living my life. Welcome to the neighborhood. And new neighbor stuff. <laughs> yeah, new neighbor stuff. Oh, I'm waiting for a guy to come pick this trailer up. He's freaking going to buy it from me. Guy goes... Well, you don't own that trailer. That's half Scott's. Like, who the fuck is Scott? (laughs) So I'm like, the hell I don't own this trailer. I just paid a lot of money for this personal property from Mr. Seller. So there's no way that I don't own this trailer. But if Scott claims half ownership, he better fucking step up right now. And he better come out and tell me, who who is Scott? So we walk over to Scott's door. I ding the doorbell on and Scott is having a family get together, like some sort of graduation party. Love that. And I'm saying, hey, Scott, <laughs> it's me, the new neighbor. <laughs> nice to meet I literally, you. <laughs> nice to meet you. <laughs> this guy that I just met, his name is Dan, tells me that you own half of this trailer that's in my driveway. How would that be? The, how would that even be possible? <laughs> Oh, well, you know, we worked on it together. Mm. Bought some parts for it. Da, da, da. We all kind of use it and all this stuff. And I'm like, well, do you want it? This is this is not something that my wife is letting me keep. It is going to be yours for free or I'm going to sell it. <laughs> do you want the trailer? Ah, well, no. Hey, well, I don't know where to put it. Dan's like trying to convince this Scott guy, yo, you could put it in the spot by the back over there. And I'm like, hey, Dan, how about you take it, bud? You got an extra spot next to your car right over there. I look at your driveway right there. You could take this trailer. It's free right now. It's yours. Take it away. I don't want it. I don't even want the stranger from Marketplace on Facebook to come to my house. I don't give a fuck. I want this out of my life. So it comes down to it. They say, you know, they're not committing to this trailer. They're not even acting like they like this thing at all. They're like wondering if I can be the sucker for them that allows that trailer to be kept at my house, that they can potentially use it whenever they might need it. So then I'm like, you know what? We're not, I'm not that guy that the old seller was. You're not getting away with this. 
do you want it? Yes or no kind of thing. The answer in my head, I feel, is a no from Scott. Boom. Okay. A couple hours later, dude shows up, takes it away. I get money. My life is I cleansed of this trailer. <laughs> the wife is happy. My wife's happy. Extra space in the garage. More, No need for a trailer. Here's the story. I'm doing bath time routine that same evening. It is 8 p.m. This has all gone down at 4 p.m. <laughs> Mr. Scott, who is right there, walks to, he could be watching this. Could be, uh, you know, yeah, he walks across the street and goes, and on, I'm, I'm, I'm like dog barking, bedtime routine. Like there's kids in bath and like, I'm like, <laughs> And so my wife goes up and closes the door on this guy and like is like not good timing. So then I see him like doing like a thing with his phone and like pacing and like and then he kind of like starts walking back to his house and then I'm like what is going on? So I run out there. I go I'm like Scott, what's going on? He's like I really I really wanted the trailer. I, I you know, we put a lot of work into this trailer put a lot of money into it i think i i I, you know i would have just taken it i would have put it in my yard or something you know and i'm like dude i'm so sorry like (laughs) i didn't know you wanted this thing so i'm feeling bad like right away i've already made drama in the neighborhood like oh my god this trailer's like the community trailer and like everybody's working (laughs) on it call the sack trailer call the sack trailer that wasn't mine, even though I bought it, but yet I stored it for someone else. I don't know what's going on. So it's either way. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Like, this is just sad. Like, I feel bad. So I've already created drama within the cul-de-sac <laughs> because of the community trailer that I've sold, which again, this isn't like, oh, uh, no, I shouldn't even insult the trailer. Like the trailer, the trailer worked fine. Like someone was happy to take it away and use it, and they're going to use it this I summer. I saw a week. picture of it. Yeah. I told you I probably could have built that myself. <laughs> so it, it wasn't like a, a five thousand dollar trailer that's no. got all the bells. No, what did you say? You said I just it was, googled. A, it was a couple pieces of wood on all sides, and then it had like the obviously the metal piece that connects to the car, and it was a little bit welded together. But like. Yeah. I could have probably done that myself, and I know nothing. So, I so bad. it's not. We but can we I, can install the trailer. It was four pieces of wood, five pieces of wood. Are you guys in the chat? Can I? Should I? Am I the bad neighbor now? Am I the one that's like the dick that sold the community cul-de-sac trailer? <laughs> Josh, like I honestly like was confused at. Now, again, I don't have Scott's contact information, so I don't have his phone number or, like, he doesn't have mine. We don't even know each other. We knew each other for four hours total. He clearly, like, needed to get it off his his chest. I wanted the trailer. Or, like, that that made him cross the street and come over and say, and, and like, hem and, and, like, do the little loiter. So I'm like, <clears throat> now, I'm younger I might be new and young and to the neighborhood. So like there's norms that are established for the people that have lived here and the people that have lived here bought it in the 1980s and have been here since then. And they're now 
not young anymore. So those people may have felt like threatened or felt like a need to establish their territory or whatever. This is the classic cul-de-sac shit. So I personally have a father who emulates a little bit of my neighborhood <laughs> in terms of like if i moved into my dad's neighborhood he'd be like who the fuck is this punk who can buy this house in my neighborhood a and then he'd be like uh what we do here is going to be what we do here and then that's so that's my dad in a nutshell so i call my dad up and i'm like nah you know what's am i in the wrong should i pay this guy some money and he's like how old is he you know fuck him you know, like, <laughs> first of all that's so like but i wasn't sure if like maybe did he come across the street because he wanted to get money from me josh do you think that he was like almost like you got like that was ours you sold it you know that it almost sounds like to me it sounds like what happened to you by with selling it may have happened with him so he's oh so oh. so you your wife wife says trailer gone do it so you did mm -hmm. oh so, so he you, gave go, over, it to the you guy. go over there and he's there with the family and the birthday party or whatever the fuck it is right and you're like do you want this trailer and in the back of his head he's like my wife's behind me, and she does not want. And this everyone inside's like, "Hell no, you're not." Yeah, this and he's yeah. like, "I know my wife does not want this trailer. I but, can't do this." But now. he's talking yeah. to you like, "I kind of don't," oh, but he actually probably wanted it. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and yeah. then, and then, so he comes over to your house. Wife's across the street in the house. She doesn't know what he's saying to you. And then he's like, "Dude, by the way, I actually probably would have taken that thing." Yeah, because the wife's like, oh, go over there. And he got money for that piece of shit that you said we basically said no to. <laughs> yeah. So my dad, my dad said that the wife was probably like, "Yo, go see if that kid will give you some money for that." Maybe, like, yeah, maybe. You know, if, like if you, you tell him, you said no to something that was six hundred bucks. Like, how did you do that? <laughs> Why did that you might do that? be it too? So either way, I'm starting drama already. Now, <clears throat> the truth is, is that I'm a air this all out on the after show every single week so if you want the drama of the cult to sack you can come here and find it the the, the fun part is, is that there's one other family in the cul-de-sac that is my age they have kids that are pretty much same ages as me and so they've been here since for five years or six years <clears throat> so they're friends with my wife already on facebook and instagram and all that stuff you know classic like yeah it's immediate uh, they're over here the other day, biking around in the cul-de-sac, chalking on my driveway. There, that woman's holding my baby, like my baby, like things are. <laughs> the way uh, oh, hey, we got Lee chiming in. If the trailer was in the homeowners agreement, then you could do whatever you want. But Josh described it perfectly. Yeah, exactly. You know what? The fucking I. It's my trailer. Said, like, by the way, you said what? it was not. It was not written into the agreement, right? It it, it ex explicitly was not. So this is just you get my stuff. What whatever's left is yours. Like it, it wasn't like these specific items because straight up, one hundred percent, the truth was that I asked for things that he did not leave. That is the truth. So like, what in my head I thought I was buying from him was not here. So 
the trailer made up in cost for some of the things that I thought I was receiving that I wanted. So like what is very frustrating, which this guy across the street doesn't have a clue about is that my, the seller fucked me over. So like, I'm not going to give a fuck (laughs) about this trailer at any point in time, like getting some cash. Cause what I did is I took that money from the trailer and I used it towards 1-800 got junk to get rid of all the crap that this dude left behind. So we're, you know, let's just call a spade a spade. We're not doing anything (laughs) outside of what is in the contract. So yes, of course. Again, back to the, this human being up here that is my age that moved in five years ago has been fighting the good fight alone for five years. Oh, no. Yes. There's more fights to be had. Yeah, like, so the cult sack has tried to, imply and and put in and push on them and they've been young and not willing and able so i've heard a story or two already which i don't need to get into their stories but ultimately it's confirmed the things that i've already thought so then it's (laughs) they're just trying to use you yeah so like uh yeah exactly so like i'm not trying to take on a trailer for the cul-de-sac for any reason so there was the drama. I'm sorry for talking about that for 20 minutes. But that's the after show. That's what you're going to get. You're going to get random ass golf stuff. You're going to get the neighborhood drama. It's been an hour and 36 minutes. What we really wanted to talk about, and I, I, I don't want to get into this now, though, Josh, because I want my guy Darbo here. Because Darbo, I like Darbo's perspective on a lot of this because, you know, I don't, I don't play competitive rounds or I don't really do stuff because I want to talk about the best way to prepare for a round, how many beers are too many, what to eat at the turn. You know how many beers is too many? No. A million. <laughs> there's never there's never too many. Well, well it's sorry. a lot like by the way, it's a lot like DFS. You just do it however you want to do it. Yeah. If you think two is too many, then have one. But are you legally allowed to have beers while you play like a match or whatever? No, while you're playing a tournament? No. It's it's in the rules that says you cannot consume alcohol basically once you get there and check in until you're done playing and basically have been confirmed that it's a performance enhancer. I don't know if it's a play uh, performance enhancer, but it's more of like a for the John Daly. They just don't want people to be like ripping drinks and like making a fool of their tournaments. So I was I played in the. Let's go to the Golf Channel Am Tour hmm. to, uh, three years ago, I think. It, yeah, three three years ago. Hmm. Yeah, it died last year, so I think it was three years ago. Uh, and they had it in the rules that said absolutely no drinking on this thing, like disqualification, basically. Hmm. <clears throat> so I, fo- I follow this rule on this thing for the first three tournaments or so. And then uh, <laughs> go to go to Troy Burn. <laughs> Tournament at Troy Burn. It's uh, Troy Burn, by the way, top 100 golf course in the nation. Golf coach there, top 100 golf coach of all time. It's in Minnesota. Yeah. Wisconsin, basically in Minnesota. Hudson, my golf coach. So that's why I'm talking it up a little bit. Uh, Anyway, so tournaments there. It's 40 degrees. It's raining. It's basically a shitty day. So I'm going around the course with this dude in the cart. Play nine holes, make the turn, and he starts walking in. He goes, 
yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to go get a coffee and Bailey's. You want anything? And I'm like, uh, <laughs> sure. But I, I was, so he goes in and gets it. And I'm like, I thought you weren't supposed to like drink at these things. And he goes, Oh, like they just put that in. Cause they don't want people to get belligerent at, at this specific, uh, like the golf channel amp tour. So he's like, they just don't want people to get belligerent and like make their tournaments about like getting wasted and playing golf instead of like being competitive. I'm like, oh, okay, that's interesting. So we're going around. So I have this coffee and Bailey's as we're playing. <laughs> and then it comes to find out like the two, the two dudes that were in the golf channel am tour that basically ran, like just beat everybody every single week. It was just two of them. One, one, one week, one, one, the other back and forth, back and forth. They got like 20 wins each every year. They're like insanely good. They play in the, in the same, um, like in the, in the same group, in the same cart, like pretty much every week. Cause they're just that good. They're buying shots during the round. <laughs> they're drinking beers during the round. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, I'm reading the rules. I'm following the rules. I'm like, I'm not even like, I would love to have a beer right now. I feel a little nervous. So I'd like to like kill that, the nerves off a little bit. Yeah, like, for light. sure. Anxiety. I'm like, yeah. God, I'm just shaking on the first tee. And all, and all of a sudden I'm pulled <laughs> like four tournaments into this thing that the dudes that are just wiping the field with everybody are hammered or ripping drinks. That's time. awesome. <laughs> so anyway, so the, like the official stuff though, for the stuff I'm playing is the, for the MGA the official like minnesota stuff like that's just obvious you shouldn't but for like other stuff they like tell you that's the rule and it's like well just like just don't be belligerent it's i i think what's <laughs> what the rule is how many beers are you gonna have over the next three days for memorial weekend um so 10 a day so like 40 at least maybe well so i'm so saturday the wife and the baby and I are going on a, our first vacation. Oh, what? Where are you going? We're going. So, uh, Brittany's family owns a um, a camper, and they have a spot in Shitek, Wisconsin. Okay, Shitek. Shitek. C H E T E K. Shitek. Not shitty. So they got like the spot in Shitek where the, it's like all campers. It's just a campsite. Oh, right on. Yeah. So and cool. so they go there like probably every other weekend so it's in it the place that they're on is like very kid friendly they got like a park and they got a pool and they got um like an arcade type of area all this stuff. so yeah. it's it's pretty cool so so do you sleep in the trailer exactly yeah <clears throat> so you go there and like you stay bedroom? in the camper there's there's like a master bedroom in their camper and then another bedroom that has two bunk beds on either side so there's Whoa. it can probably sleep five or six cool. probably not like comfortably but it probably yeah. can sleep five or six does it have air so, conditioning maybe i don't know for sure i think it is actually it's gonna be cold though actually every memorial weekend is cold it's no it's supposed to be like 90 yeah. this weekend oh actually you're right yeah i did read that but uh what? anyway so so we're going to they they want us to bring carson up for that so we're gonna they actually want us to stay overnight and staying overnight with a baby in a camper sounds horrible for everybody. Cause when she wakes up, everybody's up. And then also we, we don't have anybody to watch the dogs cause our normal dog sitter 
is a uh, uh, potentially has COVID, so <laughs> so that's the, that's the problem. So we're just going Saturday morning, Saturday evening, coming home, first vacation. So probably at a campsite, we'll probably have a thousand beers. Love it. And playing golf on Sunday, probably have a thousand more. Golf on the weekends is we're we're having beers and then kind of playing golf. Playing golf during the week is like playing golf and then like have beers to just have beers. Mm-hmm. So weekend golf is like see how many beers you can fill up in the back of the cart, which you know we have done before. And then it's you, you just turn around and take a picture of the the little bucket in the back, and you're just like, holy shit, did we actually drink that many beers? <laughs> And then uh, they're like, "Have a nice day, sir." And you're like, "Goodbye." Yeah. <laughs> it's going to take him like 15 minutes to empty out. And then we're like, "Come on, they're McGoldens. Like these are just waters." <laughs> and then Small I waters. Like, Don't worry about it. What are, are you doing? Saying you're going anywhere? No, I'm just chilling. I'm just unpacking. My wife's got some thing on Saturday that she has to do here, and oh my god, dude, moving sucks so bad. Like it's just insane. Oh, uh, I still have not emptied boxes here. Oh, I bet. Yeah, I'm like, that's just gonna sit there forever. It will probably. Um, I really did enjoy the uh, owner or the uh, strategy podcast that we did. It was a good strategy podcast. Next week, I'm actually uh, trying to maybe even record something with cool. my guy, Degenerate seventy five. I don't even know. Like, we could record it and then play it during or before we go live or something like we you know like do it sneakily kind of thing so because he can't go live during but i want to talk to him about showdown because that kid's reckoning at showdown this degenerate 75 on twitter he's got his own youtube page now and he's i saw that i don't know well uh successful so so i want to figure out why and then I missed our guy Cecil. Um, so shout out to Cecil if he's out there. I miss you. Shout out! Shout out to the uh, lawnmower that cut off his legs. Mm-hmm. That's that's the story. Or- I'm going with. <laughs> Until he comes back on the no, show. No, he fell in a hole. Like he fell in a hole because he digs holes on this golf course. Oh, you think he digs holes? And then he fell in a hole. I think, and then he got a concussion or something. No, I I am. This <laughs> this is what I'm going with. Lawn. He's cutting the grass. He's he's, he's shaving the shaving greens, and he's yeah. He was probably on his phone trying to send some stupid oh. troll tweet to somebody, and he's like, "Oh shit, here comes the lawnmower, and his legs got sliced off." So but until he still he tweet back now, on here and says, "Here, I still have legs, and by the way, I'm still alive." That's the story I'm going with. Gosh, I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's got more like went to a coma or. You know, like has the he can't have the ability to tweet because if his legs are still with him, he could tweet. Maybe oh, so like it has to be like a hand related or like maybe I'm still going with the lawnmower thing. So it's a hand with the lawnmower. Yeah, you know, have you seen the video? Have you seen these stupid fucking videos? By the way, people love these videos that of the um, the groundskeepers where they're they're switching cups. (laughs) So. They, I used to cut cups, you know that. Yeah, yeah. So they so they cut the new cup and then they take like the old the the shit from the new cup and they put it in the old cup. Oh yeah. And then they they get down on their hands and knees with like and they melt, mend it. 
yeah, yeah and then they, they got like little scissors. It's freezing cold at 5 a.m. I was doing in the water yeah. that there's. Oh, yeah. And you spray like this. Laying thing. on the ground. So this is what happened. The lawnmower is still running. And he's on his hands and knees clipping the Ooh. shit. And Ooh. it ran and over his hands. Oh, my gosh. And his fingers. So he can't tweet. <laughs> exactly. With his broken hands, he's going to poke the phone. No, he's not tweeting anymore because he's got no hand. For sure. Yep, that's what it is. Broken hands. Until until he comes back on <laughs> here and tells us that that's not what happened. That's or he I'm just saying. straight up hates us now and like he's over us. Because like yeah. that's the thing. Because he's really quick to be over people. He's yeah. like, ah, oh, this isn't fun anymore. I'm not doing this. this might be golf true. guys. I'm not a golf guy. Fuck them. You can't play Plus, golf with no hands either, by the way. God, that was so he, might, he might be a little sad. So he's probably depressed too. Double, <laughs> double down. All right, Jish, good show. Thanks for uh, being the producer. Yeah. Should we play it's the fun. music one more time? Sure. Okay. Do you want me to do? Oh yeah, I have to. Got it. Peace out. Whoa, I hit a button.